You're listening to Theology for the Rest of Us. You've got tough questions. We'll try to give you easy answers. Now, here's your host, Kenny Ortiz. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back. This is the Theology for the Rest of Us podcast, and I'm your host, Kenny Ortiz, coming at you from the great metropolis of Minneapolis, Minnesota. Thank you so much for downloading and listening. So glad to have you as a part of the audience for the show. Uh, This is episode 262, and in this episode, I'm going to give you the evolutionary argument against naturalism. Uh, In essence, I'm going to unpack one particular component of evolutionary theory and really help you understand how that one particular element actually undermines uh, the philosophy of naturalism or to to some extent calls into question or, or should call into question our confidence in the philosophy known as naturalism. Uh, In previous episodes, I've tackled the topic of naturalism. In episode 256, I answered the question, what is naturalism? And if you haven't listened to that, I'd encourage you to go back and listen to that. Uh, In essence, the kind of the the short version, naturalism is the philosophy that says uh, one of two things, that there is no supernatural realm. There is only a natural realm, the, the, the physical universe in which we live, this universe, this dimension, and the dimensions in which we can measure. There, there's, there's no reason to believe that there is a supernatural realm or anything outside of this universe or the, the natural dimensions in which we can measure. Um, or the philosophy of naturalism may, may assert that, that maybe that there's a supernatural realm or that there's a realm beyond our universe but uh, that there's no need for it in the world of science and that whenever we are approaching science and trying to explain uh, different uh, reactions or phenomenons or trends, that we should only ever use natural measurements or things that we can, we can measure within the natural realm, that we should never invoke or, or, or appeal to anything that is outside of the natural realm. Uh, that is, in essence, the the philosophy of naturalism. Uh, it's a little more complex than that, but that's the, the basics of it. Um, so I talked about that in episode 256. In episode 257, I talked about the idea of how naturalism is, is actually being refuted by many people, particularly a bunch of naturalists. There, there are a bunch of evolutionary biologists, medical doctors, philosophers, uh, professors at, at renowned universities that have been endorsers and proponents, proponents of the philosophy of naturalism and have basically said, you know, the natural realm is all there is and there's no need to appeal to or look to the supernatural realm uh, in the world of science, uh, that, that there's been a whole bunch of people who have been proponents of that that have recently come out and basically begin to say, actually, the philosophy of naturalism uh, has some cracks in its foundation, and there's even been some that come out. We need to begin to consider, or at least be open to, uh, you know, some of the phenomenons that we are seeing. That we ought to be open to supernatural explanations uh, for some of the things within the world of science. Um, and so I talked about that in episode two fifty seven. And again, in this episode, I want, to, I want to give you the evolutionary argument against naturalism. I want to basically use 
a component or a piece of the theory of evolution and really show you how it sort of undermines naturalism. That if you actually believe in evolution, if you actually embrace the Darwinian model of evolution, if you actually believe that all humans and all animals on planet Earth today, that we all evolved from one single cell organism uh, billions of years ago or hundreds of millions of years ago, if you actually believe that, that you actually should question the theory or philosophy of naturalism. You know, typically, uh, evolutionary thought and uh, naturalism seem to go hand in hand. However, there is a significant argument uh, that I find compelling that actually shows those two things actually don't go hand in hand very well. That even if you don't believe in God, and if you're listening to this and you say, I believe in, in evolution, I've embraced a secular worldview. I believe in a macroevolution, the Darwinian model. If you do indeed believe that, if, if you wholeheartedly embrace that, there is a part of that, there's a component within that that's sort of, that's sort of baked into that worldview and into, that, uh, into those assertions that really call into question naturalism to, to some extent. Let me explain. As a part of the theory of evolution, the, the Darwinian model that says that all humans and all creatures, all animals on planet Earth today, that we all have one common ancestor, that billions of years ago or hundreds and hundreds of millions of years ago, there was a single cell organism that basically evolved and adapted and mutated and that over the course of time, generation of the generation of the generation, that uh, there's all these mutations and adaptations over the course of time that eventually one creature evolved to another, to another, to another, and eventually you end up with humans and, again, all the other animals that we have today. Um, and a huge part of this is the idea that the animals or the creatures that were able to evolve or mutate or adapt were the ones that were most likely to survive, that in essence, that the primary reason we evolved into the way we did evolve is because our of, because of our need to survive. So you know, you know, in order to survive, humans needed to have the opposable thumb. Humans needed to have their brains in a particular structure. You know, humans needed to have particular things within their body, and that's in essence how we evolved. That that every that evolution is basically driven by what is necessary for survival, or that, or, or maybe you say it this way: that the things that are most likely to survive are the creatures or animals that the ones that are evolving and adapting to the environment and that the creatures or animals that were not evolving uh, and not adapting to the environment as necessary were then less likely to survive and eventually they would die out or go extinct. So at the foundation of this or at the heart of this idea is the fact that survival drives our evolution and that, that not necessarily truth, that the human brain is developed in order to survive. The human brain has evolved in such a way that, what, that it would believe whatever it would cause it to survive or potentially cause it to, to believe that which would cause it to survive. Okay, so if humans have evolved primarily because... Uh, they needed to survive, and and the the thing that the things that cause us to survive, or that would lead to survival, are the things that we adapted to or mutated towards. Um, then, and and as the human brain is developing, the human brain doesn't have to have the ability to understand truth in order to survive. 
evolutionary theory is basically saying survival is what driven us, not necessarily the ability to reason or understand that which is true. Let me give you a silly example. If a human believes that a that poking a bear in the eyeball will cause spaceship to come down, abduct us, and then take us to Mars and execute us on Mars. If you believed that, it would cause you to no longer poke the bear in the eyeball because you would be afraid that the spaceship would come down, the aliens, the Martians would come, they would abduct you, take you to Mars, and execute you, right? Now, is it true that if you poke a bear in the eyeball that Martians are going to come down, abduct you, take you to Mars, and execute you? Well, of course not. That's an absurd, ridiculous, asinine belief, correct? Like, we, that's not going to happen. However, if you believe that to be true, it will help you survive, right? Like, if I believe that poking a bear in the eyeball is going to lead me to be executed by Martians on Mars, it will likely cause me to be afraid to poke a bear in the eyeball which means I'm not going to poke a bear in the eyeball, which means I will probably survive longer, right? I have a wrong belief or a flawed ideology. I have a bad belief in something, but that bad belief is actually helping me in one way or another. It's helping me survive. So therefore, my brain will evolve or will potentially embrace things, not necessarily that I know to be true based on evidence, but my brain is basically driven by that which will cause me to survive the longest. Now, the example I just gave obviously is absurd and over the top. I'm using a lot of hyperbole here to to make a point. The point is this, that if our beliefs generate our behavior and that they help us to survive, um, that the beliefs don't necessarily need to be true in order for us to survive and reproduce, right? Like, we can embrace all kinds of crazy things that can help us survive and help us uh, help us continue on so that we can then reproduce. The, the reality is poking a bear in the eyeball is a false belief, uh, but it will help me survive because because of my belief, even though the belief is flawed, even though the belief is wrong, it will lead me to not poke bears in the eyeballs, which again will lead me to live a longer life. Our beliefs don't necessarily need to be true in order for them to be useful uh, for you or or good for you or helpful to you in one way or another. Humans can have beliefs that are flawed or false, that can still end up generating behaviors that will help the human survive. And so again, our beliefs don't necessarily need to be true or our mental faculties don't need to be reliable in order for us to be able to survive and reproduce. Evolutionary theory doesn't teach us, it does not teach us that the human brain has evolved in a manner that is absolutely reliable and trustworthy. Evolutionary theory teaches us that humans will evolve and embrace whatever will help them to survive. If there is no God to create humans in his own image with mental faculties that give them the ability to perceive 
and reason and remember to understand things. If there is no God that is specially making humans, then why would you believe that the human brain is reliable? In fact, if you believe in evolutionary theory, then then actually you have really good reason to question the reliability of our perceptions and our reasonings and our mental faculties. Like, If there is no God, there actually is no quality reason to assume that the human brain and mental faculties of humans are actually reliable and trustworthy. If this evolutionary theory is true, then we have a really good reason to question the reliability of our own brains, the reliability and trustworthiness of our own mental faculties. You see, from my worldview, I believe that humans do indeed have the ability to reason well and to perceive, to remember, to understand things, and that that generally speaking, our mental faculties are indeed reliable and trustworthy. But that's because I believe we are made in the image of God. I believe that a supernatural being, a supreme creator, made us with those abilities. However, if you reject that and you only embrace the Darwinian model or the secular worldview that says that we evolved from single-cell organisms, well, you actually don't have really good reason to believe that we evolved with mental faculties that are indeed reliable and trustworthy. Uh, I mean, there may be pieces of evidence from other genres of science or other genres of society that could lead you to believe humans have mental faculties that are indeed reliable and trustworthy. However, evolutionary theory, as currently being asserted and espoused, does indeed, to some extent, undermine our confidence, or at least it should undermine our confidence in our mental faculties, and therefore should should undermine our confidence in any conclusion that we embrace wholeheartedly, which would include the philosophy of naturalism itself. Anyone who asserts that they wholeheartedly embrace evolutionary theory then should have a good reason to question your understandings of everything, which would include naturalism. And if you are objective and honest and reasonable, then you really then ought to seriously consider or at least be open to considering philosophies that you may have previously rejected, such as supernaturalism or the existence of a intelligent designer or supreme creator. You see, it appears to me that evolutionary theory and naturalism, these two concepts actually are not very good friends. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of the podcast. Hope this has been helpful and insightful. If you have a question about anything I said, you need clarity or further information, I'd love to hear from you. Shoot me an email. The best email address is heyortiz at theologyfortherestofus.com. That's H-E-Y-O-R-T-I-Z at theologyfortherestofus.com. Also, you can find me on Twitter. My Twitter handle is at Kenneth Ortiz. That's K-E-N-N-E-T-H-O-R-T-I-Z. Thanks again for listening. I'm Kenny Ortiz, and this has been Theology for the Rest of Us.